may not have a film fixation, but we're here for a noir education. Beebidi-boo, doot-doodle-doo, deebidi-pow. Welcome to A Real Education Noir. I am Melissa, and I'm here at the lovely Trilon Microcinema with... Allie. And Tanya. And uh, the three of us are here to watch Night of the Hunter. So, ladies, what do you know about Night of the Hunter? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> on purpose. Totally on purpose. Awesome. Oh, my God, I love this movie so much. Awesome. Love, hate, love, hate, love, hate, love, hate. <laughs> So, so Tanya's totally stoked. Allie should be totally I, stoked. I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm okay. just going in blind. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Awesome. And uh, I'm totally stoked. And we are here, and they're just about to start the movie. So we're going to go, and uh, after a brief musical interlude, we will be back to discuss the film. Yay! Bye. Bye. Leaning. Leaning. Say. And secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, so, dear listeners, uh, we are in the the Civic Studios. Yes. <laughs> We are pulled up by the roadside in my Honda Civic, and we are we have just watched Night of the Hunter, and we enjoyed it very much. So, ladies, thoughts on Night of the Hunter? So, I'm sorry. So it was, it was everything I wanted it to be, while not knowing that it was going to be that, and not expecting it to be that, and not even being able to hope that it was going to be that. <laughs> Love it. And yet, Love it did it. all of those things that I wanted, like. <laughs> Without me, like, having having to be, like, disappointed at any moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kept waiting, going, oh, God, is this going to go where I think it's going to go? I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay. It didn't go there. Cool. Like, <laughs> I spent a lot of the film going, no, come on. And then being surprised pleasantly when things didn't go the route that I expected them to go. Yeah. So that was good. That was like so vague, but you know, it's just, I can't even pinpoint a single moment. I spent the whole film going, please don't turn out the way I think you're going to go. And it never did. (laughs) You'd think I'd have gotten used to that by the end of it, but no. (laughs) Very good. Tanya, I I know you're, you love the movie. I, this is one of my favorite movies. Like, awesome. I, I don't like the first time I saw it, it just blew my mind. And I, every time I watch it, it does again and again. Like I, I was telling Melissa before I came, I almost wrote the love hate on my knuckles yes. to come here just to be <laughs> like, would look, be look. Awesome. But, <laughs> and um, creepy. Yeah, a little bit. Well, you know, this is all about the creep. Oh, which, oh, oh indeed. Oh my God. Indeed. Oh, so, the chin dimples, man. <laughs> oh. That song will never leave my head. Um, no, like I've, I, I'm fascinated by the way this movie weaves the story. Um, I, I, I get annoyed by the religious stuff, but I put that aside because the through line is so just fascinating and to watch the kids because usually kid actors they're like whatever but like really it just oh to see the the story of i i I can't even words (laughs) right now and like honestly part of the time i was thinking wow i bet ali's really pissed off at this part oh wow i bet (laughs) ali really hated that (laughs) and then i was like oh but she'll like that part and then and then really 
just comes out with a shotgun. And <laughs> it's like, yes. It took everything I had not to just like stand up and go, whoa, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was waiting for that so bad. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot about the Lillian Gish with the shotgun. Oh part. my God. And, and so I, I saw that and it's like, yeah, that, was, that is pretty fucking sweet. That was my yeah. moment where I was like, it did. Okay, that was the one time it did do the thing that I thought it would do. But didn't hope that it was going yeah, to do yeah, it. Like, yeah, I right. wanted that so bad. I'm like, please let her, like, just roll out here with a shotgun. <laughs> I'm like, well, but she's such a nice, assuming little, little you know, lady who's just taking an orphan's. Maybe she doesn't have it. Oh, thank God she has a friggin' shotgun. <laughs> like, <sighs> like, you live in the middle of nowhere and you've got a bunch of little girls. You, if you don't have a shotgun, I'm I'm shocked. You know? <laughs> yes, indeed. But oh, indeed. she did not disappoint me. She was she was prepared to protect her flock. Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit, I don't like this movie very much. <gasps> I know, right? And I, I don't like this movie very much. A movie Melissa much. doesn't I like. I know, right? There, there are movies I don't like. But. I know, but but a noir film well, that were that we got went to the cinema to see. Well, that you don't like. Oh, it, it's very true. I mean, there are great films that I do not like, like La Dolce Vita. I fucking hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, th- this is one. This is actually the second time I've sat through it, and the first time I was like, oh man, I just I I hated it. I really did. Wow. I really did not like it. And um, I I and you find... paid money. For, well. You, well, Tanya you, played. Tanya paid money for you to have that experience. <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing is, I mean, this is a film education podcast. Yes, this is an important movie. It is. It mm-hmm. is a very interesting movie to talk about. Um, it is fascinating to watch, and um, I'm more than willing to sit through it multiple times and go, "Yeah, I still don't like it." But <laughs> that's a, but it is. I I am always willing to sit through something and reconsider it. And so this is a wonderful new experience I know. for me. Honestly, <laughs> I thought you guys so have crazy. to have you not like something because I mean, there's certainly films that universally we can all agree are like that was a terrible film. Oh, indeed. you know, and then of course we're that kind of group that's like we love the films that are so bad they come full circle into good again. Oh, indeed. But to have one that's like this mm-hmm. that, that you're like nope, I so, just don't like that movie. So tell us more. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. I mean, I mean, it? there there are things I very much like about the movie, like Robert Mitchum chewing scenery. Yeah. Right. I'm all oh, about. I am all about Lillian Gish with the shotgun. Yeah. Um, I hate the kid actors. <laughs> I absolutely abhor the child actors. <laughs> um, I find the the editing is really choppy. I find the storytelling really clunky. The scenes don't linger long enough. Like where they need an extra beat. They're like cut off and like in reverse. And I I chalk that up to, you know, first of all, it was uh, this is a movie that was uh, directed by Charles Lawton. Great actor. Fantastic actor. This is the only movie he ever directed. <laughs> For a reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, I mean, part of that was when this came out, it was very poorly received. Mm. And um, also, uh, Lawton... Gosh, I can't imagine why. <laughs> the But but also, uh, Lawton, after this experience, he, he just decided he liked directing for the stage much better. And yeah. apparently he was a great stage director. And, I mean, the thing I that... I could see that with the way some of those scenes are shot. Yeah, I and it's see very stage stagey. Influence. It's yeah. very yeah, stagey. Like, um, there's actually... I wanted to get into this a little later, yeah. but, like, with, with the way they're backlighting scenery they're making like like scrims like scrims and it's very stage like Mm -hmm. it reminded me of like oklahoma 
Yeah, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, no, that, no, no. I mean, it's, it's beautifully used here. I but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on it until you said it. Yeah, that he's a stage director. Oh, that's that makes yeah. He's a, very much a stage director, and this was a movie that was very deliberately shot on sound mm-hmm. stages. Yep. So it had that very controlled environment, and it was very obvious it was yep. not shot in nature most of the time. Um, but. And it gives it kind of that weird quality, and I see what he was going for there, which is fine. But my my bigger beef is that the the beats of the story don't work quite right, at least in my mind. Like the, the, it's like almost all in the editing. No, I and, and I, the, I, I would I agree that. with that. And it also that. and it also has the feeling of well, um, the original script was turned turned in at like two hundred ninety three pages. Wow. Long. Um, and Lawton looked at it and goes, cut it in half. Because that's yeah. pretty much what you need to do in order to fit it into yeah. future length size. And the script kind of does feel like that to me, too. Like, it's got... It's it's got they didn't it, cut the right parts out, well, I feel like. I think, yeah. I think what happened is there's very much two stories yes, maybe yes. a third at, at yeah. least if yeah, not more. yeah and and in like a like an epic scope story those would fit but right when you cram it down and you don't like you wind and up not was, signaling your turns quite right. right and it was not a very long film no it felt it feels longer because of i think those editing and those yes. problems yeah and i think i overlook i, I like brush past those partly mm-hmm. because i know like he, so this was his first and only directing thing right, and like right. and and I I'm able to fill in a lot of this stuff in my in my own head just by mm-hmm. the symbolism that he's using well yeah and and there's so much to like that um you know the his the use of cinematography is oh, spectacular fantastic. The, the use of light it's beautiful um there, but I mean like my pet peeve. Yeah, yeah. yeah my yeah. pet peeve is pacing. Like if pacing is that wrong, pacing was... it, it just it just breaks. No, me. I would and I, I would agree with very you. Very hard that to as, enjoy. As much as I enjoyed this film, mm-hmm. like I liked the overall story. The pacing was fucked. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I I spent a lot of time going. Wait, what do you? We're not rapping. Like, yeah. <laughs> this feels like this is the end point. Did did we walk into 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 Return of the King? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like okay. This is where no no wait. This is where okay. No, that's not We're still where. Still going. Uh, oh what? Christmas did this now? need to be what? here? <laughs> like there are whole parts that like sitting back now. I'm like I would have chopped all of this part out entirely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like everything with uh, Uncle Bernie or whatever his name was the, yeah. the, with the the shack the fishing shack. It's like none of that was necessary. Yeah. He existed to find the body, but even then, that didn't need to be done. Yeah, he didn't. And it's we it's didn't, the boat. We never the... needed to see the body in okay. the in the river. So because we we could we could extrapolate from the okay. sounds. I just killed my phone. Um, <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I think I like this because I take all that and I say, wait a second. This is a character study of the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Part of me thinks that that choppiness reflects the kid's perspective mm-hmm. more would... than an adult perspective. 
if I felt that was done intentionally, <laughs> I would I would be like, that's really brilliant. And it if you look at it that way, it works. But I don't feel like that was the intent. I feel like it was, well, we had this in the, now knowing the length of the original script, going, yeah, well, we had this in the original part. We want to keep this yeah, character because yeah. we like this character. But it's like... It hit, the character ended up being wholly unnecessary to that story. There was, you know, there's the the, the Chekhov's gun thing, and I felt but, like there was a lot of guns that didn't go off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there was but, like this is going to be used later. No, it never was. I'm like, see, I I I'm gonna disagree. Oh, partly you're this, more than I understand. To. I love this movie, so yeah. I, oh, I have a bias. Yeah. yeah, but like Uncle Bernie, he's there for. <sighs> He's he's not a ch- like he's used right because he builds the desperation that the kids go through because if he's not there to fail them yeah that's true that, yeah I mean like that's the crux guess, of what his I character guess, is is that it, this it, movie makes adults horrible oh yeah there is not one adult in this movie mm-hmm. that does right by those kids right except for Lillian yeah yeah except well for- no not even Lillian Gish. I'm sorry. I love her to death. Hmm. She's still not raising those kids as well as she could be. Well, I, I mean, that's fair. But yeah. I mean, that's reading pa- past the script of the movie. I I, well, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. And I'm going to do that because I'm weird. Fair but, enough. <laughs> um, but, like, until they meet Lillian Gish, for sure. Oh, yeah. No, every adult fails and, them. And that, I think, is a message that rings very deeply with me. And so that could be part of why I'm so enthralled by it. I I guess for me, and and I totally get what you're saying. And I agree with what you're saying with regards to that specific character that he is, his purpose um, for this film is to fail those kids by not being there when he needs them. But at the same time, if he didn't exist for them to have somebody to go to in the scope of this film, if he was never part of the film, so the kids didn't have that last ditch effort, the end result would have been the same. I think. Well, yeah, it, it, but and, I, I mean, that, I mean, I, I feel like his character could have been rolled into one of the other extraneous characters yes, just as easily. Yes, it could, have, it could have been. It could have been Mr. Spoons. Yeah, you know, yeah. I and, it, it and I'm not. Be, it could. I mean, you no, just I, consolidate. I see what you're saying. And, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I guess. I guess I just find everybody in this movie fascinating in their well, own right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so. More than know. more than wanting him cut out, because I don't really want him cut out. If He's I made, one of the if better I, actors. Right. If I made, if I made, <laughs> a, Gleason, if I made so. a super cut of the film, you know, then yes, his stuff would be cut out and it would be a 45-minute film. But um, <laughs> but no, it, it, more than that, I would would have wanted more. Yeah, I get that. I get That's that. what I, I guess is, you know, but if, if like, I can't have more, it's the, like then it was unnecessary. You didn't give me enough yeah and i, I think like. that's and i and i'm gonna agree with that knowing now that it's a 293 page script yes. 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 like i love the comparison of the the nice church lady or whatever mrs Spoon, oh gosh from the beginning to yes. the axe-wielding mob oh. like oh my god i just she love made me her. angry like and so in my brain mm-hmm. like i love this because i can make up like this whole character study of her mm-hmm. and like plan out the and like it's just watching it just every little this, but, but, every time I see it I see something that's like oh my god look at that thing that I didn't notice before about her and that's so cool yeah it, but I mean going back to um you know a useless fisherman guy <laughs> it, it, it feels like I would I would have loved to have taken him out consolidate the things he needed to do in another 
pre-existing character and just given Shelley Winters more space. Yeah. Because yes. she, I feel like she got she was really short-tristed. Yes. Yeah. Because you have, okay, Shelley Winters being one of the great actresses of horrible women. Mm. <laughs> I mean, she was spectacular playing, you know, just these ugly women mm-hmm. not, not like physically ugly no but yeah. like morally, morally like just like yeah. either morally corrupt or needy or you know just these really unflattering mm-hmm. portrayals of women and uh you know you need actresses who are able to do that and she was fantastic at it mm-hmm. and i feel like her scenes just got so chopped yes. short that she had her character had no space to breathe except for like the uh, pentecostal thing that that yeah. scene where she was just about speaking in tongues <laughs> yeah. and preaching oh and that's gosh. like go shelly that's what you do that that's kind of terrifying yes oh i give her I, I give her props too for the underwater stuff because that shit is hard that yeah. was a mannequin Really? really? That was a that was a that was a decently More done mannequin. props to the art director then. Yes, indeed, because, because that was damn. Yeah, th- there was a lot of contention about that mannequin, and yeah, yeah apparently it was just a really well done. Dummy. It was fabulous. I because yeah. I obviously and I've seen this movie. I'll, you know, I didn't know a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I I do love the kind of dreamlike quality of that sequence. I love the, you know the the yeah. weeds and I love how the water is just absolutely crystal clear and you can look in. Mm-hmm. It's like why didn't you notice there was a car like just yeah. underneath your boat earlier? But you know he wasn't looking in the water. Guy, you know? he was just he was okay. just fishing. He's looking okay. at the horizon. Yeah. So yeah. so the art director is Hilliard M. Brown. Yeah, and I and I looked him up because I like I said like the way that the the prop stuff and like yeah. I, I really like the through with yeah anyways <laughs> so other stuff that he did mm-hmm. he did uh where was it uh oh god man with a gun which is another robert mitchum right creature from the black lagoon that makes sense and shock treatment yes oh. <laughs> and, and 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 cleopatra Oh, oh yeah. So yeah. like, it, that guy's fascinating. I have to see more of his stuff. Oh yeah, and uh, also the cinematographer. Um, I'm going to totally like blank on his name. Stanley Cortez. Stanley Cortez. Um, the cinematographer on this movie was also the same guy who worked on the Magnificent Ambersons with Orson uh, Welles. Yes. Yep. And he, you know, he, he did three and, faces of Eve too. Yes, he did. In he Chinatown. Did, he did some wonderful things, and you know, late in his life, he said that only Orson Welles and Charles Lawton understood light, and <laughs> you know. It, so he and Lawton were working very closely together on the look of the movie, and it's like, bravo, the, the shot to shot, it's glorious. Oh, God. I oh, just yeah. wish the editing was better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, the the worst editing thing that, that does actually bug me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they trap him in the cellar, yeah. there's this shot of the two kids in front of the cellar door and, and while he's, like, yelling. Yeah. It's last, like, it's like one of those subliminal picks or yeah. whatever it's so fast and i'm just like oh my that okay yeah. that's a flaw 
Yeah, in that, my ugh. darling. And and that's one of those things where the first time I saw it, I was like, is that a flaw in the DVD? It's like, no, that's the way it's actually cut. Ooh. Yeah, it's oh. like they knew it needed to be there. Yeah. But they just didn't have enough. Well, if it felt... It, it, I, I see this movie and I almost see it as outsider art. Yeah, like, I can see that. Like, you get these great artists who have never been trained in like the language of the art that they're trying to speak and it's it's kind of like being handed a great poem that's written in really sloppy handwriting (laughs) i'd love to read this but i find it really hard to read i wonder if that's why it fascinates me so much and and it very well could be because i love puzzles and like figuring stuff out yeah and and there there are certainly plenty of other um uh you know, like outsider art movies that work very well. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're clunky, but they're, you know, they survive and become cult classics because there's something truly mm-hmm. engaging about them. And and definitely this movie has plenty to be engaged with. <laughs> and it's 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 kind of but it winds up being one of those your mileage may vary movies. Yeah. And and like kid actors who can't act bug me <laughs> and bad editing bugs me. And so you know, so since so those it's are hard like, for you. it's hard for me. It's hard for me, guys. It's hard. We'll, we'll get you ice cream. It'll be okay. okay. It'll be I'm okay. Good. I'm good. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So, um, yeah. So let's see more, more trivia. Of course, you know, we talked about Robert Mitchum a ton when we did, uh, out of the past. Yep. Uh, wait, oh, very, very different role. Very different role. <laughs> I wish oh, he would do more oh, creepy. Oh, that God, hurt, yeah. That actually really kind of hurt me to watch. Cause I'm just like, Oh no, but I like you so much. And I, Oh God! You are creeping me out. Well, this is one of it his. Was so well done. This is one of his th- his favorite roles ever. Oh, I believe oh, it. He loved working on this God. movie. He loved working with Lawton. Um, they 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 apparently got along fairly well, except for the fact that uh, Mitchum like d- drank and drugged his way through this movie. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't shock me. <laughs> But also, uh, legend has it that um, this may or may not be true. There's some conflicting evidence about it. But um, legend has it that Lawton hated children. <laughs> and so he didn't work well with the kids. Now, depending on what version you believe in, um, the one that's probably more likely is that he got along with the little, with, with the kid, the boy, just fine. But the little girl just would not work with him whatsoever. Wow. And Robert Mitchum, who did have kids, wound up stepping in and helping direct. The show. I would believe that she was best when she was interacting with him. And yeah. she she was kind of she was horrible. Yeah, she was. Oh no, she, she was, was not like, good. The boy is the one that I care about. Yeah, yeah. He's still not very good. But <laughs> no, he he actually had a decent career. He was he did. in like fifty things. I mean, a, a lot of times, you know, if a child actor survives being a child actor, yeah, that can't goes all be Ron well. Howard. No, no, no. Or Bill Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. Oh, oh, oh Macaulay Culkin. My brain hurts oh, now. God, oh. I, I recently saw him in Tusk. Anyway. Oh, boy. Why? Yeah, that's a, uh, well, it was opening film at Fantastic Fest oh, a few okay. years ago. I got a free mask out of it. It has a walrus face on it. So anyway. <laughs> that sounds awesome. You know. It's okay and saved. <laughs> anyway, far yes. afield. Far afield. Um, yeah, so there's just this weird, oh, I was going to go back and say, 
the uh, so the little girl she didn't get along with Lawton, and apparently she'd make faces at him. <laughs> and so there were all these outtakes of the little girl making faces at him. And so whenever they needed a an insert shot of the little girl making faces at Robert Mitchum's character, they just plug in one of those outtakes. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> that's so awesome. yeah, that. Anyway, that's how the legend goes. Um, it, it, there's a lot of misinformation about this movie. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, one of them being that Lawton only directed one movie because this flopped so hard. But, you know, there's more to that story, like I said earlier. There's also that uh, he fired James Eggie. Eggie? A-G-E-E? I'm not yeah. sure how to uh, pronounce his name. Um, after turning in the 293-page script, which is not true. The the writer was kept on during the movie after cutting it down to half, and he even visited the set a few times. But uh, the poor guy died of a heart attack in the back of a taxi, I think it oh was. Oh, my goodness. Um, at age 45, a couple months before the movie came out. So he never got to see wow. the movie finished. But he, he was a uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author. He, yeah, I was going to yeah. say... I recognize his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they use it in crossword puzzles a lot. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah it's it's very useful. <laughs> uh, he was the writer of a death in the family. That's what yep. he won the Pulitzer Prize for, and he uh, wrote the script for the African Queen. Yeah, oh. yeah. Also, you know, Charles Lawton being the director of this movie, he had you know tons of trivia about him because he had a long, long career as an actor. Mm-hmm. Many Oscar nominations. He won an Oscar for playing uh, Henry VIII in Private Life of Henry VIII. He was married to the Bride of Frankenstein, <laughs> uh, El- Elsa Lanchester. Mm-hmm. Um, they never had kids, and there's there are like four different stories about what went on there. What yeah, are- I've <laughs> I've heard other podcasts specifically about her and oh, hearing. Oh yeah, yeah. There is stuff there. <laughs> there. There's some dirt. Yeah, with I mean like. In one of her biographies, she said that he was homosexual, yep. and that's why they never had kids. Um, and another one of her biographies, like her autobiography, was later published, and she said that she was pregnant earlier with one of his kids, yeah, like and then she had gotten like an abortion. A, yeah, like an abortion or a miscarriage or yeah. something. Um, and then at one point, he said that she couldn't have kids because she had a botched abortion when she was, you know, Before still a him, burlesque yeah. dancer. You know. All this weird misinformation, but um, at least nowadays there's pretty good evidence that he was bisexual. Mm -hmm. That's fairly well established right now, which is, you know, cool. And, uh, you know, if Elsa Lanchester stuck around for that long, she was probably... By herself. At least okay with it in yeah. some form well i the the podcast i heard said she was also uh, with Probably. women too so yeah that and uh, it was that like, would make okay. a lot of sense that yep. would make a ton of sense and he okay so lawton also was the first actor to play hercule perot <gasps> really yeah i did not know that yeah. huh. um i forget which film it is but uh yeah one of the early agatha christie adaptations he he played poirot awesome he co-starred with his wife in seven movies let's see what else uh he became an american citizen 1950 because he was born british <laughs> i feel like that he was born british and they had it <laughs> but he got later. better it's he fine. got better it's fine <laughs> no he um he was a, a son of a pair of innkeepers so you know fairly modest beginning and he started on the stage in 1926 and was pretty much constantly working ever since 
And he lived up until 1962. In 1962, he was uh, diagnosed with gallbladder cancer. His weight to, fell to 92 pounds, which is pretty extraordinary given the size wow. of the guy. Yeah. And then he sadly passed away. But, you know, very long career. Great actor. Fantastic actor. And, you know, I've always heard he was a great stage director, too. And people loved working with him, so. So there's that. And um, we have, of course, Shelley Winters. We got went into her history a little bit. Um, she came from a really modest upbringing, too. Um she started acting when she was fairly young and when there was when gone with the wind rolled around there was like this nationwide casting call for the role of scarlett o'hara and she tried out and she wound up meeting george cukor the the director because he was uh conducting the auditions that she went to and he saw her audition and he recommended she get acting classes and she went Yes, sir. And went out and took acting classes and then eventually got on Broadway. She uh, her her career got traction when she got into the cast of Oklahoma and then she got into Hollywood soon after that um, in a in a movie directed by George Cukor (laughs) (laughs) called The Double Life. She got several award nominations, um, you know, even early in her career. But. She got into method acting right around when she was in Streetcar Named Desire. Mm. And then her career faded a little bit. You know, she had like very stormy marriages and various affairs and all that fun stuff. But um, her her career had this resurgence after she gained some weight and could take on those kind of seedy, dumpy, awful woman roles that she is mm-hmm. so well known for. And uh, that's when she really became Shelley Winters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Icy Spoon? That's her name. Yes. The, the <laughs> yes. Mrs. Spoon, whatever. Mrs. Spoon, She yeah. was in The Bad Seed. Oh, yes. Yes, Ooh. she was. <laughs> she's kind of that ultimate granny character. Yeah, but, know? like, Just, she's not the good granny, though. No, she's, she's not never good the granny. good granny. So not... I gotta wonder what her real personality was like. <laughs> Uh, and, and of course, you know, Peter Graves shows up early in the movie <laughs> yes. as, as the, the father that goes to prison. And Peter Graves, Minneapolitan. He was, yes. built, he was born here in Minneapolis Yay. in 1926. He went to the same acting program I did. Yeah, University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yay, go to have his picture up. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. My alma mater, too. He, uh, I think this is the way the story goes. He 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 met the woman he would soon marry, and the 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 woman's uh, I think her name was Joan. Yeah, Joan. Her mother said, "Peter, get a job." And he goes, "All right then." And he went out to get a job in acting, and he had been acting ever since. So he um, he debuted in a film called Rogue River in 1951, and was in a you know smattering of of movie roles, but he hit. Bigger in TV, and mm-hmm. of course, Mission Impossible is where yep. probably most people know him from, or from Airplane, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is awesome. I, I love that in the 80s, you had this whole slate of fairly serious actors from TV and film suddenly going into comedy, so, because, so you have Leslie Nielsen and Peter Graves, and, and uh, they were so much fun. But Peter Graves had an older brother by the name of James Arness. Yes. Uh-huh. And James Arness is an also awesome actor. And if I remember right, he's the tallest 
He's he's like tied for like the Guinness World Record holder of like tallest leading man because hmm, he I was like six that. foot seven. Yeah. He's just enormous. And James Arness. James Arness. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. So the the two of them never worked together. Or Which rather, is just so bizarre to me. Well, they never acted together. Yes. I should say because I think Peter Graves directed Arness in something, but they never acted together. And, uh, oh, I mentioned his, Peter Graves' uh, wife, Joan. They were married for 60 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So I just realized that Shelley Winters was Ma Parker in Batman yep. 1966. Yep. And that just yes. makes me so happy. And, and I just saw she was in a movie called, get this, The Silence of the Hams. Oh, my God. <laughs> in 1994. Of she was course. also in the original Alfie, which I did not yes, realize was, was her. And I have to watch that movie again. This is so much fun. She was in Mambo. Yeah, she yeah. she she won two Oscars. She a lot of stuff. Yeah, she won two Oscars for uh, uh, Patch of Blue, and she won for Diary of Anne Frank. She was also nominated for the Poseidon Adventure. I was just gonna, about to say, I'd, yes. I'd forgotten that she was in that as well. It's mm-hmm. been so long since I've seen that movie. And one of her earlier roles, A Place in the Sun. Oh. Yeah. She was around until about 2005. Also. Wow. I, I think one of her better roles, though, I, I mean, I always think of her as the mother in Lolita. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, and she's she's like the awfulest of awful women in that, yeah. in that movie. <laughs> so also Lillian Gish, the legend. Yeah, Lillian Gish. Uh, she was born in 1893, and she passed away in 1993. Wow, she made it to a hundred. She was six years old when she started acting because her family needed money. So she, her sister Dorothy, and her mother basically formed like an acting collective mm-hmm. and. Started acting. In 1912, Lillian Gish met D.W. Griffith, mm-hmm. and she made 12 movies with him in that year. Wow. <laughs> well, it was silent. It was so silent. It was a lot easier, but still. But still. Um, the, the following year, no, I think over the following two years, she made another 25 movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, within a space of three years... <laughs> You have an entire, like, career's worth of movies. So she was a huge silent film star. Mm-hmm. And by the time sound rolled around, her her star started to crash a little bit. So, like, in the late 1920s, she didn't do so much. And then it came up again, and then it crashed again, and came up again. She had a 75-year career in film. Mm-hmm. Um, her last movie was in 1987 in The Whales of August. And uh, ultimately... I'm pretty sure that IMDb doesn't even list all of her movies because currently she has 121 credits. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's more no, than there's got to be more than that. Yeah, because uh, uh, Boat Guy has 163. Yeah, yeah. And so she's got more than him. <laughs> the other fun thing. <laughs> Do you remember talking about Al Jennings, the train robber, yeah. in uh, for the Gun Crazy episode? Yeah. <laughs> she was taught to shoot. By Jennings. Oh, my God. <laughs> she was apparently a crack shot. I would believe it. Well, she knew how to handle that shotgun. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You could tell she knew what she was doing. Yeah. She would be hired onto Westerns and she could outshoot the male stars. And they're like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, and another fun piece of trivia. She and her sister, Dorothy, once had a chance to buy the Sunset Strip for $300. Oh, my God. They bought dresses instead. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when she passed away in 1987, she left her entire estate 
millions and millions of dollars to Helen Hayes, who died 18 days later. Oh, God. Which is sad. And my final bit of trivia, this is based on a true story. It is based on the story of a serial killer named Harry Powers, um, who went under various other pseudonyms as he was operating. And I only um, actually became aware of this guy a couple of years ago because I actually went to tour the West Virginia State Penitentiary. Wow. Of course you did. Of course I did. <laughs> this was the same day I wound up in a Hare Krishna compound, which is oh, that a, makes a lot of sense. A different story entirely. I also found a moonshine distillery, but okay, you know, West Virginia. You know, <laughs> that's what happens. So I was in the penitentiary, and <laughs> there's this wall of uh, photographs of like the famous inmates in this penitentiary, and the penitentiary is famous for being one of the more violent penitentiaries that sure. were in American history. This this was a mean place to be and they they executed a lot of people there and um, yeah, it, it was not nice. And so there's this wall of photographs of some of the more better known convicts that were residents there. And I remember looking at that wall and there's a set of, there's a photo of of uh, Harry Powers on the wall. And I didn't know the guy's story, but it's one of those photos where you look at that guy and go, that guy is not right. Yeah, you're That guy yeah. is not right. Creepy looking motherfucker. So, Harry Powers, um, he was born in the Netherlands in 1892, and uh, he was executed in 1932. It, what he did was he, he lured victims through Lonely Hearts ads mm-hmm. in in uh in newspapers and so he'd he'd meet all these women and lure them in grab their cash murder them in his garage so he wound up in the united states in 1910 he was in cedar rapids iowa for a while moved out to west virginia in 1926 and so he plucked off these women like like in in illinois and west virginia and i think there was one in ohio in 1927 he married a woman named luella struther uh, she was the owner of a grocery store, and um, even after he married her, of course, he kept listing the ads, and um, after the investigation, after they caught him, they found out he was getting, like, 10 to 20 letters a day. Oh, my God. So, while he was married to Struther, he built a home and built a garage there. And there were secret rooms under the so, garage. So he built the murder garage. He, br- oh, he built the murder that's garage. That's horrifying. Yeah. Oh my God. So uh, Luella Struther vanished. Um, he met a woman named Asta Eicher under a different name. He met her in Park Ridge, Illinois. He went to visit her and her three children in 1931. And he left with her for a couple days and she never reappeared. He came back for the kids. Oh my God. Sent one of the kids to the bank to try and withdraw the woman's money. And he got sent away empty-handed because it was a forged signature. And uh, upon which he went up by and he took the kids in and ran. He met a woman named Dorothy Pressler Lemke after that because those kids disappeared off the face of the earth. Oh, jeez. Uh, she was from Massachusetts. He, he brought her to Iowa. She didn't notice that her luggage got sent to West Virginia. And she vanished. But yeah, when he finally got tracked down, uh, the authorities, you know, found the rooms under the garage, found like 
bloody handprints and shit down there. And then, yeah, this is a problem. Started digging around the lot, found the bodies. Oh, and uh, so, yeah, he, he got uh, convicted and hanged. And that's just the ones they found. That's just the ones they found. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy? Jesus. Yeah. (sighs) Serial killers suck. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and uh, in Night of the Hunter, if I'm not mistaken, in the opening scenes where you see the shot of the penitentiary where uh, the father gets sent to, I think that's West Virginia. I think that's West Virginia. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure, because the place looks like a medieval fortress. It's yeah. got the no. parapets and, yeah. and the whole thing. Um, the the penitentiary was, you know, they, they started building it in the Civil War era, so it was a fairly small facility, and they just kept expanding it, and it was just enormous. It It's a creepy place to be. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. There were like 36 homicides there, just, just in the prison. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with the system. It's fine. Yeah, everything's yeah. fine. Oh, yeah, they they finally shut it down. I think it was like in the late '80s after a giant prison riot. It was not a nice place to be. That's so happy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So this movie we've been talking about. The oh god. Wow. Yeah. So, but it was fascinating. I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> religious bent was bad enough the reality was even worse oh yeah the i i i kind of am amazed by the religious bent i'm surprised they were able to get that in there no see i'm not because that. because they 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 were showing to me of course being me i can see how it got in because at the end she's because like Right, she says, you're no preacher. Yeah, she absolves the fact that he's been acting right. as a and preacher Right, and she has that whole little speech at the end about, you know, children will abide. Yeah. And like they, and she's she's the one she, who's telling she, the proper Bible stories. Yeah. And like, you know, She redeems so, the religious Exactly, bench. exactly. Which, okay, but see, that's why when she appeared on screen, yeah, yeah, I you were like out. I'm like, no, not again. Again, she's gonna like. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna go hook, line, and sinker for his. I forgot thing about the weird ass beginning. So oh god, yeah. Like I, I every time I see it, I completely that forget was a about the weird ass floating heads. That yeah. didn't need to. <laughs> I'm like, wait, shit. Where's Rod Serling? Yeah, none of that needed to be in there. That was very strange. The but... children. No, see, but that's the religious thing. Well, yes. Because then you, you, you that's the rap. Like, that's right. like the... Well, I, I got well, how it bookended it, but I it know, was still I a little like... weird. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's not. It's just, like... Well, yeah. well, I mean, you also have early on in the movie when the, the Peter Graves and Robert Mitchum are in prison together, and Peter Graves goes, what brand of religion yeah, are you preaching man out on yeah. it. Robert uh-huh. Mitchum's like okay but the most God figured something out yeah, yeah. The, okay so there are two really satisfying moments in this film the first is when Robert Mitchum gets punched in the fucking face <laughs> by Peter Graves yes. like he, Peter Graves comes from a dead sleep and slugs him right in the yes. center <laughs> of his damn face yes and that was like perfect I love that and then the second is when when uh and gets, she just shoots him. She's like, I'm going to come across that kitchen and I'm going to shoot. And she just, he, he just pops up and she's bam, done. I, I told you. I hope she didn't hit the cat. I don't think she did. I think she just no. startled the cat. No, because no, the cat startled him. That's yes. why yes. he popped up. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, and then she she which see cats are good. Yes, <laughs> cats are a force for good. I can agree yes. with that. <laughs> but yeah, oh my goodness. So those were my two favorite parts of the film. The most satisfying moments. I love when he screamed like, he was like, ah! That was such a very strange <laughs> sound that they used on loop. Yes. It was weird. Okay, it's like so, you couldn't have gotten anybody to like actually but I think, shout. I think what they were trying to do was mimic the hair. Sure, but. The, the rabbit scream. Sure, but, but you could have just poorly. had a real person like go, ah, ah. Ah, you know, and have a little more nuance yeah, instead like, of one scream on loop. Yeah, and and it and it feels like it's very strange. I, 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 I think are you think, sure it was on loop? Oh, it was, no, it was definitely okay, it yeah. was on loop. Okay. It was very very weird. And and I remember hearing something about Lawton aiming to make him a little bit more buffoonish to make it more believable that kids could escape from him. But it 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 seems to me that that's like almost slapstick. No, yeah. I felt like that that's veering into and I didn't feel like buffoonery was the reason they were able to escape. I no. felt like his arrogance was yes. the reason they were able to escape. Which yeah. is and to me is much that more was, believable yeah, anyways. Yeah. yeah that yeah. made a lot more sense. Yeah, I, I I always wanted to compare this movie to a later film called Wait Until Dark, which is this wonderful movie with uh <laughs> Alan Arkin as great villain versus a blind woman. Played by Audrey Hepburn. Oh, yes. Oh, and I want to see that. Yeah. That's and, the fridge light, yeah? The one with the fridge light, yes. Spoiler. Uh, Sorry. It's all right. Fridge light. <laughs> you, you'll understand it when you see it. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's, uh, for some reason, the two movies, like, remind me of each other. But at, with the later film, with, um, with Wait Until Dark, it's not afraid to make the villain super super menacing um even though you have a very vulnerable character that is trying to fend him off yeah well and i wonder too like i'm gonna chalk this up to my theory that it's a character study about the kid Mm -hmm. because like when you're a kid like even if somebody hurts you and you can be scared of them but if they're your parental figure, like if they're right. your guardian, they, it gets all mixed up in your head. Right. And there's this whole thing about like, you know, how many times does he hit the little girl and she's still like, he's daddy Powell, you know, yeah. he's, you know, because when, when that's your only source of social interaction, when that's your only source of physical contact, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's why. So when they get the apples and he's yeah. with Ma Cooper and it just looks like they're just standing there until you notice his hand is mm-hmm. inching to touch hers. And yes. that is so powerful. Yes. Because he is so desperate for somebody to just yeah, make the bad stuff stop. And she yeah. doesn't she doesn't do anything to encourage or discourage. Yep. She just lets him do it himself. Which is what which he was really good. At the point. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't turn her hand to no. clasp his or anything. She just lets him do what he needs to do. And and that was other, that was a very yeah, well done and that was scene. a very well real real moment, and yes. I, maybe that's partly why I like it is because like there are real moments with the kids. Oh, although although I wonder if uh, some of the of of Pearl clinging to Daddy Paul yeah, is because the, she just really likes like, Robert Mitchell. Mitchell. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I, I know. I mean, I totally get that. I, but I wonder if that's what he's on set and just boom, she runs to him and it's just like, okay, we're just rolling with this. You know, so, which either way yeah. it works. It, yeah. You can explain it. In yeah, a, for it, sure. You know, you can look at it and go, okay, that makes sense because yeah. he is the only parental figure she has yeah. left. That makes it well, works. She's but probably three or four age yeah, or like her yeah, character yeah. at least is. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like, not a long memory for a lot of no, stuff. No, no. They, they're very mercurial at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love, I, I mean, there are so many moments that are really great. Like uh, when she takes the money and yep. makes paper yeah. dolls. Oh, paper my dolls God. Out of it. I, I, I like um, the, when Shelly Winters comes to bed, that creepy-ass scene where it oh. it's that instant manipulation of <sighs> abusive relationship. Oh, God, that hurt me a yeah. lot. That was like, uh, Oh, God, I, I wanted to, like, sink down into my seat and then yeah. and then turn into a puddle like Alex Mack and just slide away on the floor and yep. disappear. <laughs> I, I wanted to bitch slap Lady Spoon so many oh times. Oh my god, yeah. I've been it's like in front of her husband, she's like, I just lay there. <laughs> I think about okay, my his, canning. His face at that I moment was like, was like, oh my god, what a horrible that, no, that was the only uh, the only thing she said that I actually liked. Really? Because I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. If he's not getting it done, I get that. But Fuck she's the just like, she's like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't want right. that. No, and I like, and I'm the, just okay, like, that, the rest of that was bad. But the, yeah. I just lay there and think of my candy. That was the only part that I was like, that was like, hilarious. Good job, you. That dude, like, I felt so bad oh, yeah. for him. He was the I only know. one that was like, I'm pretty sure something's wrong here. Yeah, but she just kept that gaslighting guy's creepy, him, and he's like, and she. She's like, oh no, he and like everything that the preacher quote unquote guy said, she was like, hail, you know, hail Jesus. Yep. Like, yep. Oh, like yeah. she just bought it, hook, line, well, and sinker. That's that's the thing, is and she's the and first she, one to takes, turn on him. Yes. That's well, that's the thing, is he takes that preacher mantle and he wears mm-hmm. it like a shield, and it gets him what he wants and where he wants to be. And it's just that's I think the the, the most insidious part is that people especially probably especially at that mm-hmm. time were more apt to just okay yes you, you are a preacher well, yeah. we believe everything you are saying not not only that but at the time like those tent revival shows that was your entertainment yeah you didn't mm-hmm. have movies to go to you didn't yeah. have yeah. especially because it looked like they were like rural more rural like that was what you did so yeah. if that guy could glibly tell you a story that like made you not he think had about charisma yeah mm-hmm. and it wasn't it, you you knew he was bad even from the beginning oh, as, yeah. he's, as he's talking you know when we f- see the first widow's body and then he's in the car talking to god <laughs> <laughs> um but i mean you know he's you know very very um making very light of what he's doing and you're like okay this is not a good person but you don't realize like really how bad he is until that yeah the wedding night uh, and then it's just like i mean you knew he was bad yeah but it's like oh my god you were like really horrifically terrible i so he's Holy in the shit. he's in the burlesque show oh my god and yes. that knife pops up and yeah, that, like, was, <laughs> like, that wasn't a metaphor for anything nope. Nope. oh and the apple like there's constantly apples oh yes yeah yes. many and, apples and in women's laps Yes. yes. They get Very. placed in women's laps. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh, that sounds symbolic. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. 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 Not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Not a bit. Nope. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what a complex film, though. Oh, God. Yeah. I love it. I'm sorry. I know you no, don't. No. Hey, 
I, you know what? I much rather enjoy movies than hate on them. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you guys love it, I'm all for it. You know that that is fantastic, and uh, I want to see that movie redone. I, I am. I am oh, better at it. Yes, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. Like a, a, a like if they a, find like bad, they're not going to. But if yeah. there was a vault of there's, like there's a Douglas, this is the stuff we threw away. Right. Yeah. There's got to be a Douglas that can that can pick up the part now, so we can can keep the chin in pill, right? <laughs> we can still, we well, can still we, make this work. We have right? CGI. We can make this happen. Yeah, we can make... I mean, hey, if, we, if we can put... Yeah. We have hologram Michael Jackson. We can have <laughs> if we can, CGI Robert Mitchum. If we can have young Jeff Bridges show up <laughs> in oh, Tron Legacy. Like so, oh, my God. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So weird. I just... Okay, so I'm not going to say the film because it's a very new film. Um, But I just watched a film that did the CGI to make the actor younger, and it freaked me out because it was actually very good. I know exactly yeah. which one it you're was talking good. about. It yes. was done well, and it freaked me out. It was, it was not like It was not like the Tron thing where they were still on Candy Valley. You know what? That was it early in the film. I'm just going to say it. Okay. Civil War. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Because... Young Robert Downey Jr. I was like, up. I'm like, what? I'm like, how did they? Okay, have this to is see very, this, this is very early in the movie. Yes, very yes. early. Wow. So it's, but yeah, they, it's they big, do. It's not a big spoiler. No, but it and it's like, and it's a throwaway. So it's yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. It's it's not like it was plot essential by any means. But yeah, it was just like. Where did they get this old it's footage like, of this? Of is like Robert saved Jr. by zero shit going on here. What oh the hell? Oh my god, so <laughs> strange. But it was so well done. So I mean, if they can yeah, do that, so let's remake yeah. it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, totally. we get better kid actors because we have better kid actors. We have now. much better kid actors. <laughs> I mean, we can make the kids a little bit older and it would still work. Can still suck, but they can be better now. Yes, right. absolutely. Right. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think of the name of the film that I was thinking of as soon as I saw Robert Downey Jr. on stage. Seen almost fire? No, not that one. I mean, probably back to school. Oh, God, you guys just stop. <laughs> what? <laughs> Saved by Zero. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, no, no, it was, it was very... the one with Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> And like kiss kiss bang bang yeah yeah no it was it was it was much earlier than kiss kiss bang yeah, bang but I, yes I'm yes being, i'm being fisty i know i know <laughs> that's what i do yeah but it was it was it was very much like uh oh my god is where did they is this like outtake footage from chaplin that they're like splicing <laughs> over the top of this like, so weird so that's right weird. he was in chaplin oh god now i have yeah. to see that it's actually it's pretty good. Is it okay? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, we're, we're, we're digressing. But so, so I mean, I mean, I think what? it's still relevant that you know we're coming to the age where we could pretty seamlessly start making movies starring yeah old classic actors, yeah. which is creepy. Wow, is creepy. My mind just wow. Yeah. You just need people to stand in. Yeah. And then you just CG over the top of them. Andy Circus can play say, everyone. I was gonna say it's just. It, it, <laughs> This film is starring Andy Serkis and as everyone, and possibly Doug Jones. Yeah, yeah, like when go. they need two people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So wait, I got, I got thinking about. <laughs> okay, so we're ta- natural. That made me think because there are so many nature shots, like yeah. with real animals. Oh yeah. And stuff, and I wanted to mention those because they were, yeah, they were kind of amazing. Like yeah. I, I kind of felt like I was watching the the what is was it the World of Disney or whatever where they used yeah. to show like yeah 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 where, when they made the lemmings run up the cliff. yeah when they took a bulldozer and bulldozed lemmings but, yeah but yeah no like ex- the only thing was there was a string attached to the owl yep 
Yep. To make it fly. Like, oh they my pulled God. it to make it fly. Yep. I missed that. But I didn't, I, I, I noticed it this time and not, but yeah. I mean, some of those, like, I love just watching them and it was really cool because I think though there was one with two rabbits while the kids yeah. are yep. in the thing and I, they like, it was a, a really well done, like, I think they overlaid the rabbits. <gasps> Oh, oh! You mean on the river? Because the kids are in the river. Well, yeah, you've got that that deep focus shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I thought it was really well done because I'm pretty sure they didn't have the rabbits in the studio at the same times as the kid in the boat. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think that may have been really uh, the same shot. You can do that. The way you do that is, um, there there are special lenses that you put on the camera that have two different focal lengths and split down the middle. Okay. So if you, um. It got used a lot in um, all the president's men. Okay. Okay. And 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 so there, you can watch for them. There, there's usually like a fuzzy bit right in the middle where you can see oh. the the split in the lens. But it gives you that ability to see close, you know, objects close to the it's camera, and then things. Yeah, it's a bifocal. Generally, <laughs> so you can see things in the distance too. They um, need to work on that progressive. Yes. <laughs> yes. And My camera wears. <laughs> Diopters. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, this went delightfully nerdy. I'm sorry. <laughs> there are also ways to do that with, um, like, um, really long focal length lenses. If you if you're standing like way the fuck far away, yeah. Um, it it really compresses space. So if the the camera operator was had like a 200 millimeter lens and was standing like 50 60 right. feet away and then zoomed in on the rabbits and the kids it would all be in focus okay oh that's really cool mm-hmm. yeah but like a lot of those shots i was like wow and and that was a really interesting way i think to to show that journey yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so there was and and there were there are other shots like that you know those super deep focus yeah. shots yeah it was it was a very interesting transition between the beginning of the film and yep. then this the latter part of the film. It was almost like the, the whole river sequence was like act two. Yeah. 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 You know, it, it just, that was very much like, I didn't think this was going to go mm-hmm. there. I, yeah. I wasn't expecting it, it to focus so much on the children. I honestly, because of Shelley Winters getting the billing the way yeah, she did, right? I thought there was going to be a lot more of her coming to realize what yep. was going on and dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And then still possibly, you know, dying, but I thought there would be more of her, but even her scenes were more about um, Mrs. Spoons mm-hmm. talking over her mm-hmm. and telling her how she should do things. Yeah, uh, go, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, God. I hate my, Mrs. Spoons. Oh, me too. She yeah. made my skin crawl so bad. Yeah. So yeah. this this film reminded me. It made me feel the same feelings that I felt when I watched a series of unfortunate events, except one of those is a comedy. So, <laughs> oh, I've read all the books, but, but I haven't but seen you know, the movie the, yet. Just the kids, the kids are, yeah, they're are just like, they try to tell the adults in their lives what's yeah, going on and nobody wants to believe them. Adults are horrible. And, and, like, that's all the, yeah. and that's, that's, I was like, oh my god, it's the same feeling I got as I watched that yep. movie where I'm just like, if any adult along the way would have just said, I believe you, oh, this whole film would have been well, over. No, no, because... <laughs> Because, but here's why Birdie is important. Because he, he would have. Yes. He would have. Yes. But he was a drunk ass because he was a stupid adult. <laughs> because because he coped with 
something he couldn't cope with. Right. In the wrong manner was, at the wrong moment. He was an adult and yes. he failed them. Yes. He, yes. He was the only one that if he had been not dead drunk at the yeah. time, he would have hid the children away and... Or, or done okay. something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It could have been. I, I honestly thought that the whole shack was going to open flames. Yeah. When the I, bottle went over and the alcohol yeah. started spilling out. I'm like, okay, so he's going to die next. <laughs> the shack's going to catch fire. Yeah. I, I, and then the way it was lit. Like, huh. The way it was lit. Yeah. I, and they were running up to him. I'm like, I thought Shit, it was on fire. Did it already catch on fire? I, I didn't think it caught on fire. What? But, uh, no, it didn't. No, it and just, that's the light <laughs> thing. And that's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a stage lighting trick. Yes. Yes. Which I, I love those. So can we call him Chekhov's drunk? Yes. No! I like it. it. I'm gonna do it. Chekhov's drunk. Chekhov's drunk. Ah, so I think we've learned we cannot trust adults. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, and and more hitting things with oars. Yeah, yes. I, I was I was having flashbacks that well it kept popping back. Yeah. It went yes. I was like, down. I'll hit him again. <laughs> and, you know, don't make me get a switch. I'm like, kid, you have an oar. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and I see, and that's that's because that's I mean, it's Lillian Gish is like she's supposed to save them, but her first words are, "I'm going to beat your ass for not obeying me." Right. Yes. And, right. And, and but, I mean, that's why. And it's the thing hard is, he, he gets to, up. Uh, but the the part that got me was that he just blindly goes with her, and it's it's because he doesn't yet, there he doesn't mistrust every adult. No, he only mistrusts the ones that he's had personal right. experience with. He still believes he still holds on to belief that adults will do the right thing, which eventually. is a very kid thing. To oh do. yeah, well, and yeah. and it's it, so it, it was very real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes me love this movie. <laughs> There's not enough movie that are real about how kids interact with adults and yeah, what yeah. they think and but, how they're Yeah, gonna... it's usually how would an adult approach a situation right. and then done in right. from the kids. Exactly. Like like at the end, you he he flips out because he's flashing back to his dad. Yes. So he's trying to stop the cops from a from taking a guy who is trying to kill him mm-hmm. right. because in his kid brain. He's, he's seen he his can't dad cope with yeah. the fact that his dad is gone. Yeah. And like that's such a kid thing to do. And like all this money that he's been protecting for so long is out like, the window he, he immediately. Can't think of it because mm-hmm. his brain is poor little kid boy brain is broken and it just ugh. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that was a very good moment. This movie gets moment. me in the feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Yay. Yeah. That was a good discussion. Yeah. I, you know, it, like I said, you know, I don't care for the movie myself, but there's plenty to discuss here. It's it's a great movie to discuss. It's a famous movie. It absolutely should be watched. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Let's, let's remake this movie. Yes. Let's do it. I, yes. I'd be interested to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's now far enough gone that we could remake it without it being like, oh God, really another remake. Yeah. Right? I mean, he he was the one that paid for them to re- remaster yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, let's call Scott yeah. Clean it up. Yeah, dear listeners, <gasps> we saw Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day. <laughs> oh man, he would probably literally get the shit tattooed on his knuckles. Probably. Yeah, he's a little. He's yeah. a little... Actually. Acting! Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. Yes. Leonardo DiCaprio was gold you know, when before, he was playing You know, before I saw Django Unchained, yeah. I wouldn't have given it to him. Right. 
but he's scary. Yeah, he can, he can, yeah. yeah he's scary. He's yep. scary. So, but he doesn't have the voice to do the song. That's true. Well, we don't know for sure, do we? Leo, I don't think Leo sings. Yeah, I don't think he's got the voice for it. That's okay. There, Everybody there. was dubbed over in this film. We could do it for that one too. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody's lips was matching up with any of that music at no, any I, point in time. I do think that was really Robert Mitchum singing. I would believe it. It, yeah. it was just the way they did sound back then. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay, so we got we got yeah, it all we're good. I, I we're good. So. We're, we're good. good. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is one of our longer episodes. I, I, I told I, you I was gonna squeeze. Oh, I like, know. It's oh, like, man. oh, it's good. I love this thing. I have oh, a lot of thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot to say here. So, dear listeners, uh, thank you for joining us on Night of the Hunter. We will be back in a couple weeks with an episode about the Testament of Doctor Mabusa. Ooh, I'm Ooh. so excited. <laughs> So we're going to have some fun with Fritz Lang. <laughs> so I have been Melissa, and I have been joined, as always, by... Tanya. And... Allie. In the lovely... <laughs> Civic Studios. Civic Studios. Uh, we, we hope the road noise wasn't too distracting, so um, we promise the uh, sound will be better next time. <laughs> I'm not willing to promise that. It was kind of nice <laughs> sitting outside. Whatever. I uh, I agree. Outside maybe maybe next time next time we will um, maybe record in the porch. So we'll I have like we'll have chirping birds yeah. and less road noise because I live on a quieter street. So that's fair. So dear listeners, join us next time. We will see you in a couple weeks. Bye. We hope you enjoy our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a noir education. Thank you for joining us for a real education noir. New episodes arrive on the 7th and 21st of every month. You can find our podcasts and social media feeds on our website at realedunoir.com. Special thanks to Tim Wick, Jeffrey Brown, and Chad Dutton for our theme music. If you like our show, you might also like our parent podcast, A Real Education, which discusses all genres of film. You can find it on the web at realedu.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. H-A-T-E. It was with this left hand that old brother Kane struck the blow that laid his brother low. L-O-V-E. You see these fingers, dear hearts, these fingers has veins that run straight to the soul of man. The right hand, friends, the hand of love.